Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. So last week, actually, we, we touched on the conclusion of the what? Just tell me right now. It's not the conclusion of the matter. The, 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 whole, the conclusion of the whole matter. The wise preacher said, let us now hear the conclusion of the whole matter. And he says in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, it is actually to fear God and obey him. He said, that's the whole duty. I, I just love that. In fact, that's the only duty of man. And we said here last week, any life that is lived, that's devoid of this whole duty, is life lived in vain. It's wasted. Because you know one thing? And I say it all the time everywhere. The day we come, when they make us room back, not you, even you, you will never know you have children. The day we come, you will never know you have any money in bank account. That day we come, whether we like it or not. And then the soul returns back to the one who created him and then to be answerable unto him. And then that's what we are just saying. Why is man or woman being unique? There's a uniqueness about human being that God created. And there are only two things that separate what? A man and animals. Man and animal are the same. They are the same in everything. They live, they die. They eat, they just go back again. There's nothing about it. Nothing about it at all. Nothing that man is different from animal, except two things. Those two things, that's what separate human being from animals. The image of God. The image. In the beginning, God created man and or woman in his own image. And all along from that beginning, God has sought in everything to what? Reconcile man to himself, back into his own image. That is a spiritual what? Agreement. The time when you become fused together with God. That's one, that image. And the second one is judgment. There is no, no creation of God that should be judged except man or woman. Unto us, he said, there is a day for judgment. The reason being, unto whom much is given, much is also expected from him. The image of God is what we got. And we must account for that image, no matter however we do with it. That's why if you look at, give me Ecclesiastes 3.15, please. Ecclesiastes 3.15. Yes. That which has been is now, and that which is to be has already been. Mm -hmm. And God requires that which is past. God requires man to account for what he has done with what he has given to him. And that's why, read me Hebrews 9.27, please. Hebrews 9.27. Yes. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, mm -hmm. but after this, the judgment. After this, the judgment. So the image, right from the time that Adam, Adam actually caused the loss of that image. God had consistently tried to return man to that image. Without Man fusing into the image of God. Man will never have any relationship with God. 
Please, I just want everybody to understand that because man is flesh and blood. And flesh and blood can never enter into the kingdom of God. Only the spirit, because the spirit is the only thing that understands God. Give me 1 Corinthians, please, 2, 11 to 14. 1 Corinthians 2, 11 to 14. Yes. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Mm -hmm. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Yes. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Mm -hmm. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Because they are spiritually, the natural man can know, you know it. That's why Jesus Christ said one thing. And we're going to come to a question right now. He said, you must be born again. To enter into the kingdom of God. You must become the spirit of God. And he told us, read me John 3, please, 5 to 6. John 3, 5 to 6. Yes. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Yes. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the spirit is spirit of God. That's why I say the spirit will understand God. And the spirit can only be with God because God is a spirit. And that's why Christ, when he came, he said, you know one thing? I want you guys to know that this God is a spirit. And those, the true worshippers of God must worship in what? Not in flesh and not in our mouth. Because we think if we just proclaim everything is going to work, it's not going to work. It requires one being one with God that's being born again and transforming to him. So what is actually the conclusion of the whole matter for us in this, this one year? There are two things to conclude. Tell me, please. Help me. <laughs> okay, let's add that. To transform what? God bless you. Number one. There are, two, there are two things we have to conclude, whether we like it or not. Number one, without transformation, there is no what? Salvation. That is it. Let's forget about what we claim. Salvation is not what you claim with your mouth. Salvation requires transformation change. Without change, there is no transformation. Because what is transformation if it doesn't lead you into the kingdom of God? Are you following me? Yes. Salvation makes no sense except you enter into the rest of God. And God has said... That without transformation, without righteousness, let me Hebrews 12, 14, please. Hebrews 12, 14. Yes. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. I'm not the one saying that. In fact, what actually Hebrews is saying is almost the same thing that Christ said. Without, if you are not born again, you will never enter into the kingdom of God. As simple as that. So our, the, our conclusion, the conclusion of our whole matter is number one, without salvation, without transformation, there is no salvation. Number two, partial transformation is zero transformation. Nobody can be old and new at the same time. Are you following me? What is that? Revelation 3, please. 14, 16. 
Revelations 3, Most Christians that call themselves Christians are actually the number one. They have not even started transformation. Number two, they are neither hot or what. Go on, please. Revelations 3, 14 to 16. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, mm -hmm. the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Since you want to eat your bread and have it, I will... No, let me put it that way. Since you want to eat your bread and have it, you are neither in the world nor what? God. It's the worst place to be. Where you don't know where you are. You either take one. That's why if you look at Deuteronomy 11, we're not going to go to where Moses told the children of Israel. You choose. That's a blessing. That's a cost. Whichever you want, go ahead. Are you, are you following me? And if you, look at, if, if you look at Joshua, you look at 14 to 24, he said, there's no one thing choose you this day. Which one and who will you serve? Would it be God or not? So the whole duty of man from Genesis to Revelation God has made it so clear. What is actually the only duty that a man owes? Do you know one thing? That duty was expressed to Adam. Do you know that? What did God tell Adam? Do what? That is fear me and obey me, right? Read me Deuteronomy also 10, 12 to 13, please. Deuteronomy 10, 12 to 13. Yes. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of what thee? What is the only duty required of you? Go on, yes. But to fear the Lord thy God, yes. to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes which I command thee this day for thy good. For thy good. That's the only thing you want to do. If you go to the New Testament, you see where Christ was telling us. In Matthew 6.33, we all know it. He says, seek first. That's a duty. Seek first what? The kingdom and the righteousness, that's your duty. If you do that, every other thing will be added unto you. Christ came. The only purpose that Christ came is for what? And how did he do that? I'm trying. Please help me. There's only one purpose that you are right. The concern man. But that's only one thing. He said, I am what? I am the way. Christ came to show the way on what? To heaven. And he told us one thing. That way is so narrow. Let no man make it in that mistake. You see? But they teach everywhere in churches. They say, no, no, no. The road is no longer there. The highway is no longer there. As I called it, what? As I 35, 8 and 9, the highway of righteousness, the unclean shall never enter there. Christ came and said, it's narrow. And only very few going to find it. And just what that road is there. And it's amazing how Hebrews, Hebrews say that since there remains what? <laughs> since there remains still that people will enter into this rest. But unto whom? The gospel was preached. It didn't profit them. Why did the gospel not profit them? Because of disobedience. Are you following me now? Give me Hebrews 3, 12, please. Hebrews 3.12. Yes. 
Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Unbelief. And read me Hebrews 4, 6. Hebrews 4, 6. Yes, ma'am. Seeing therefore, it remaineth that some must enter therein. Yeah, some must enter, yes. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Because of unbelief, but read me verse 1. Hebrews 4.1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Who are Hebrews addressing? I don't know, believers that are already in church. But you know, the church is right now, 90% of them, especially in America, if not, not 100%, will tell you that one savior always saves. Oh, relax. You know what they say? Relax and sing the song. Remember we sang some songs last week, right? Everything is okay. You are blessed beyond every measure. You are the head, not the tail. Ah, blah, 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 blah. They say remove every if. There is nothing like that. God, there is no obedience. You know, if you obey, that's old-fashioned. You know what they, they, they tell? I was telling Sister, Sister this, this, this. I had somebody preaching. Oh, my goodness. Preaching. Opening his mouth. Say he's preaching to the people. In the name of Jesus Christ. And saying that what we need to do is to recognize one thing. That we should go on the side of history. I am telling you. He was talking about same-sex same sex what? He said we should, we should flow and follow the side of history. We are supposed to, we Christians are supposed to be on the side of history. Instead of the side of God. What an abomination and blasphemy. That anybody can say there. When God told us, said, well, stay away from the traditions of men. You will never get there. We are missing the tradition of men. We are saying, oh, it's old-fashioned. Don't worry about obeying after all. The time has changed. But we know one thing, that the ancient of days will never change. It doesn't work that way. From Genesis to Revelation, if you tell me where the word of God has changed, then I will really just completely give way. There's no point serving that God. And it will never happen. Because he said, heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word shall never what? Pass away. From that very beginning to the end, he tells us what was required of us. And the guy's on there. And Peter was so blunt. I love Peter. Peter was talking about these people. You know, Christ warned us about all these false prophets and teachers. Teaching because of what they can get. Teaching because of this word. If anybody is teaching the, the gospel or preaching and expects something, that person is a thief. You better get out because you know one thing? God's service is a service. It's not a job. If you're looking for a job, go and look for a job. I used to have a job, and I'll charge you money for coming to my office as a lawyer. But since he called me and said, stay away from it, that's it. For me, my eyes to focus on money, I don't know God because I'll be misled. Except one escapes all those three colors of death. For all preachers and ministers, pastors and priests, as long as one has not escaped those three colors of death, he must surely fall. The three colors of what? Money, women, and fame. I want to be seen. I want to be, oh, he's a mighty evangelist. He's always, who's mighty? If I'm mighty, then what happens to Christ? I'm not supposed to be seen. Because if I'm pointing what a flashlight on me, then I'm supposed to be seen. But I'm not the one to be seen. But Christ, the one who died. And whatever he said to us, that we must adhere to. And not listen to anybody else. But you know some of these people, they will quote and they said, poor. And we're coming to conclusion. They say, Paul said, ah, no, no, no. Paul never contradicted Christ. It's not possible for 
Paul to conquer this price to the extent that it would ever happen, assuming, assuming that even Paul ever contradicted Christ, then Paul should fall. But God forbid, because Paul never contradicted Christ. And, you know, Peter recognized this thing and had understanding. Peter had understanding, spiritual understanding. And he described this people. Read me Second Peter, please, 2, 1 to 6. Second Peter 2, 1 to 6. Yes. But these were false prophets. But there were also... But there were false prophets also among the people, mm -hmm. even as there shall be false teachers among you, yes. who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Let's, let's stop right there. You continue. Denying the Lord that what? He didn't bring them. He bought them. But who is the one who denies the Lord? No, not us. Who is the one who denies the Lord? I'm asking. Anyone who preaches anything contrary to the Lord has denied him. Am I, am I, am I here? That's why he said that whoever is not with me is what? Against me. One cannot preach against his own master. It's not possible. Otherwise, I should never even answer, a, say I'm a Christian. I am not a Christian when I don't obey Christ. Are you, are you with me all, everybody here? I'm not. So any preacher, minister, bishop, pope standing there that is contrary to God is not a minister of Christ. Amen. A minister of Christ cannot go against Christ. Are you following me? Yes. And when Christ said this is the word, so he put in denied him through the heresy. Go on, please. Verse 2. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, mm -hmm. by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they, with feigned words, make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Mm -hmm. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, Jeez. but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. Unto those. He made, you see, he made it as an example. Please, everyone, I want you to listen. Why did God reject the angels? Because they rebelled against him. So suddenly, the same God has changed. That after Christ came and suffered and died for us, then he gave us a license to now sin against God. Anyhow we want, right? Oh, he gave us grace so that we can commit sin. God bless you. And see, so this Peter, read me please the same Peter, verse 12 to 18. Second Peter two twelve to eighteen. But these, as natural brute beasts, you see what he calls them. <laughs> they are. I'm telling you right now, because all they're doing there is to devour people, take advantage of vulnerable people. And I say it, and I say it forever. If anyone says God has called him, and is there taking advantage of any human being, whether financially. Whether sexually, whatever it is, that individual has 
put the cost on himself or herself. Are you following me? I know that we are, we are the minority. There, Pastor Charles, many people, they, they, don't like, they don't like the truth, but who cares? Because people, did, nobody, only God called me to serve him. I'm not to please any human being. Human being makes no difference to me. And I thank God he didn't call me for church. So I don't have to look at their face and say, well, maybe next Sunday you come. Don't come. <laughs> if I say what he has asked me to do, that's the end of it. Then those who have ears in their hearts, let them hear. Go on, please. But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Just stop right there. You can read the rest. Thank you very much, man. They speak evil of what they don't understand because they lack spiritual understanding. They lack spiritual understanding. And they talk about Paul. Oh, Paul did this thing, but the same Peter. Peter was struggling. Peter had that spiritual understanding about Paul's writing. You have to be in the spirit to understand Paul. Because Paul was writing what? In the spirit. Are you following me? Those difficult things. And some unlearned the one, they say, ah, Paul said, Paul, they, they grab something. Read me, please, 2 Peter 3, 14 to 17. 2 Peter 3, 14 to 17. Yes. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. Without spot and blameless. Go on. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction. You therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware, lest you also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. You led away. So people in the world have been so laid away. And sometimes you wonder, you sit down and wonder, said, these people, some of them are educated. Did they even read the word of God? How could anybody sit down there at the pier and then become like what? A fool. Even someone probably who didn't even finish high school or whatever it is, can get up there and dribble you and dribble you and dribble you and say, oh, no, no, this is it's no longer the way it is. Don't worry about it. I'll tell you now, and they believe that. And walk in that. And that is really the fun part of it. So Peter was describing that. But let's look at some of those examples, because we are concluding everything now. We go back again, what we did before, because the questions keep coming. Salvation. We will deal with salvation. We will deal with faith and belief. And then maybe sanctification, we close. It's going to be very rapid, because we have done it before. And I want people who have been asking questions that are online to please pay attention. Salvation is eternal life. Does everybody agree with that? Yes. But eternal life is to know God. Read me John 17, 3, please. John 17, 3. Yes. And this is life eternal, mm -hmm. that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. That they may know you. And the only way to know God is to obey him. I know God and I don't obey him. I'm a liar. Read me John 8, 55, please. 
John 8, 55. Yes. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. I know him and keep his saying. And how did Christ know the Father? Can anybody tell me how Christ knew the Father? By Through what? Keeping his Through word. obedience. You can never escape the two keys of and to the kingdom, no matter whatever. Because during the time the Lord put me in the house for three years, I told you a mighty hand came from the door, a mighty hand, all white, with two small keys. These are the keys to. That's what I was told at that time. But you can use off and to. That's the same thing. To the kingdom. There is no other keys. Forget about whatever we preach. We may get off from morning to what? Evening. And from one day to one year, whatever it is, without these two keys, nobody can enter into the kingdom of God. See Christ. Everything is solved. What? What is actually, do you say, is the duty of man? Is it not the duty of man, love and obedience? Yes. That's what it is. And Christ learned obedience. What? Through the things he suffered. And the only way he could really say, I love my father, is to obey him. Otherwise, there is nothing. He's going against him. Read me, please, John 14, 31. John 14, 31. Yes. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go. Ahead. Even so I do. Let's go back to John 8, 29, please. John 8, 29. Yes. And he that sent me is with me. Mm -hmm. The Why? Father has not left me alone. Yes. For I do always those things that please him. I live a life always pleasing to him. If you do, God will never leave you. Mm. I'm just telling you, God will never leave or forsake you if you do. But if you want to run around and claim, you know, God will never leave me and forsake me. But tomorrow, the, the next moment you go and sin against God, he will leave you and forsake you. Because God says one thing. If you forsake me, I will do what? I'll forsake you. And if you go to Proverbs 8, 17, he said, you know what? I love those who love me. And those who seek me very early, they'll find me. And Jeremiah 29, 13 said, you will seek me, you will find me, only if you do so with all your heart. How do you seek God with all your heart? Through what? Through obedience. God bless you. That's the only way you can seek God. God is not going to, there's no sacrifice you receive from you, but obedience. Are you following me? So eternal life is to know him. To know him is to obey him. But how is it that he said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, that's when you're my disciple. Read me, John, please. 8.31. John 8.31. Yes. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. But if you don't continue in my words, you are what? God bless you. You are not my disciple. But how do you continue in his word? Give me John, please, 14. <laughs> John 15, 7, please. John 15, 7. Yes. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, mm -hmm. you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto and you. And then how do you abide in him? Give me First John, please, 3, 24. 1 John 3, 24. Yes. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him. Yes. And he in him. That's true. He that keeps his commandment, that's the one that abides in him. So when you obey God, that leads into what? 
Obedience leads to what? Come on, come on. Read me Romans 6, 6 16, please. Romans 6, 16. Yes. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, mm -hmm. whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? Obedience leads to righteousness. And righteousness is what? When somebody is righteous, the person has achieved what? Transformation. God bless you. That's, that's, that's what, without it, you will not see God. Are, are, you, are we all together? But this is the question I'm going to ask you right now. And please, let's search the, the scripture. In this ministry and this fellowship, can one lose his salvation? Everybody says yes? Can one lose his salvation? That's all, all yes and one no. But this is a difficult situation. This is the stand of this ministry. It's the stand of this fellowship. It's the word of God. From the totality of all the facts, and we're going to go to it now, please listen to me. From the totality of all the facts, all the circumstances, all evidence in this life. Are you following me? One who does not keep and manages salvation will surely lose it. Please listen to me carefully. We're going to go through it right now. Did Adam, where was Adam? Let's go from Genesis to Revelation. Maybe that will give, give us. Where was Adam before Adam fell? Was not Adam in paradise? They call it paradise. Remember God was communicating, right? So Adam was actually saved. Was he not saved? But did he lose his salvation? How did he lose it? Disobedience. Let's get it at that. Now, let's, let's look at, I'm going to jump many places. Let's look at Lot. Lot's wife. Was Lot's wife, before we get to Lot, read me, this, what is salvation? We say we cannot lose salvation. And I say we will lose it, and Christ said we will lose it. And if Christ said it, that's it. What is salvation? Read me Colossians 1.13, please. Colossians 1.13. Yes. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So what are the two things that make up trans uh, the, the salvation? Deliverance and translation. Deliverance and what? Transformation. transformation. The calling of God. The calling of God in your life and my life. The purpose and only purpose is for transformation. Are you following me? To the image of his son. Read me Romans 8, please. 28, 31. Let's make sure we get this understood. Romans 8, 28 to 31. Yes. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Mm -hmm. To them who are the called according to his purpose. According, he called some according to his purpose. So what is the purpose of that calling? Go on. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate mm -hmm. to be conformed to the image to of his son. That is the only purpose of God, to be conformed to the image of his son. And the image of his son is righteousness and holiness going through it. But let's go back again to Lot. Lot's wife, was he delivered or not? Yes. No, I'm asking, was Lot's wife delivered? But was Lot's wife transformed? No. Why? She looked back. She looked back. 
The woman was saved. Why is God showing us all these examples? We see it and we still don't, don't understand. The woman was saved, but he looked back. He turned away from what? From salvation and he, she lost it. Are you following me? And she lost it. Let me look 962, please. Luke 962. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of is God. Is fit for the kingdom. Read me Hebrews 10, please. 38. Hebrews 10, 38. Yes. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, <laughs> my soul shall have my no pleasure in him. My soul shall have him. no pleasure. Please, I, I mean, I can go many, many places to point to you so that you can see. But it's a teaching. It's not anything that I have written. It must come from the word of God. You see, Lord's wife was saved. But man, she lost it. Are you following me now? And that's why God warned Abraham. Read me 17, Genesis 17, 1. Genesis 17, 1. Yes. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine... The Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Mm -hmm. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Be thou perfect, Abraham, otherwise you also be cut off. The children of Israel, they were all saved. The land of Egypt, all of them came out. Every single soul of the children of Israel came out. But how many made it to the promised land? Were they, were, they saved from, were they saved from Egypt? Read me Numbers 14, please. 20 to 24. Numbers 14, 20 to 24. Right. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swore unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and has followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. All those who rebelled against me, they shall never enter. I'm not saying Moses. We know I've talked about Moses before. I'm not saying whether Moses is in heaven or not. That's, for, that's not for Michael's room, but to know. I don't care who is there and who is not there. But one thing is that Moses couldn't enter the promised land. Deuteronomy 3, please. 23 to 28. Deuteronomy 3, 23 to 28. And I besought the Lord at that time, saying, mm -hmm. O Lord God, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness and thy mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or in earth that, that, that can do according to thy works and mm -hmm. according to thy might? I pray thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan, that goodly mountain and Lebanon. But the Lord was wrought with me for your sakes mm -hmm. and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, let it suffice thee. Speak no more unto me of this matter. Get thee up into the top of Pisgah and lift up thine eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward. And behold it with thine eyes, for thou shalt not go over you this You shall Jordan. never go over. 
Go on. But charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him. For he shall go over before this people mm -hmm. and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. Moses, all your 40 years of walking and doing whatever I command you, in one single moment, Moses, you almost wasted. You never enter that kingdom. That's why, okay, read me Ezekiel, please, 33, 12 to 13. Ezekiel 3. 12 to 13, please. Ezekiel 33, 12 to 13. 33, 12 to 13. Therefore, thou son of man, say unto the children of thy people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. The day he falls away from the truth and does not repent. If he dies, he will go to hell. Listen to me and listen to the la what I'm saying. The day the righteous person, whatever he claims to be born again, the day he falls away from God, and if he does not repent and he dies in sin, he shall go to hell. I didn't write that. I'm telling, and I we are going to New Testament now. You see Christ saying the same thing. Go on, please. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turneth from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sinneth. When yes. I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he trust in his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. But for his iniquity that he has committed, he shall die for it. Isn't that what is happening in the world now? We say we know it. In fact, we don't we think we... No, don't talk about it. I'm really so comfortable. Everything is fine. It's so wonderful. It is free. It's all grace. Ah, no problem. No problem. No problem? That doesn't work that way because God does not change. That's the same no problem. That's how Samson lost everything. You know yes, that? That's right. Where is that in Judges 1620? You know, he said, I, I will go out again and do the same thing. After all, I'm too familiar with everything. God said, really, I'm not with you. Go on. Did I say this? Yeah. Or 2016? There's no, can you have 2016? <laughs> okay, let's move on. Now, what of Esau? Did you know that Esau lost his birthright? Give me Hebrews, please, 12, 14 to 17. Hebrews 12, 14 to 17. Yes. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, mm -hmm. lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one muscle of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Remember when we talked about Esau? Why did Esau not find any place of repentance? Esau was repenting and crying with, in tear, with tears. But why did he not find any place in repentance? Why did the Bible say that? Because it was what? Too late. And that's what Paul was also warning us. Read me Romans, please, 11, 20 to 22. Romans 11, 20 to 22. Yes. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. He was talking about the Jews, yes? 
and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. But fear. For yes. if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Behold, before the good, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. On them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness. If you continue in his goodness, otherwise what? Otherwise thou shalt be cut off. Thou shalt be cut off. Is it not the same warning that Christ was giving all of us? In fact, even before Christ started saying something like that, John the Baptist had it all right. Read me Matthew 3, please. 7 to 10. Matthew 3, 7 to 10. Yes. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Now, let us just stop right there. Do you, I mean, I don't know if there's something touch you, what John was saying. What? John was looking at grace. In other words, it's almost like saying, oh my goodness, this God again. This God again, these bad people, you, you let them come. Do you understand like, like Jonah? Who warned you, you evil people, coming? But he also told them want to go on, yes? Uh -huh. Bring forth, therefore, fruit. Meet for repentance. Mm -hmm. And think not to say, on, say within yourselves, we have Abraham. That we have Christ. Father. Let's change it. Think not that Christ, that according to them, they say Christ is our righteousness. But I tell you one thing. Christ is our righteousness to the extent that we obey Christ. Hmm. Let's not really take whatever we see, we just pick it. Oh, Christ is our How can Christ be our righteousness? Was God righteousness of Christ? Was the righteousness of the Father imputed to Christ? That's what I'm asking you. No. Didn't he come and suffer and went through in righteousness until he told the Father one thing? You know, he got to the point where after he did everything, he said, Father, now you can now glorify me. Why? Because whatever you asked me to do, I did it. Let's leave here and go back. Let's go to, to John, please, 17, 4 and 5. John 17, 4 and 5. Yes. I have glorified thee on the earth. Mm -hmm. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. But most of us, we have not even started the rest. We don't want to run. We don't want to walk. But we say, God, you know one thing? I have come now for the price. After all, you know that rest? No. I know about the rest. I've heard about it. But I want the price. Give it to me. Christ is saying, I have finished what you asked me to do. I glorified you. Now, Father, I can now stand before you and say, glorify me. Go on, please. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Before the world was. What says Jesus Christ? What says Jesus Christ about one self, always self? Read me Matthew 10, 22, please. Matthew 10, 22. Mm-hmm. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. The one who runs the race to the end. But how do you run this race to the end? Not a worthless race. But rest of righteousness through obedience. Give me Revelations 2, 26. Revelations 2, 26. And see the warning he gave to everyone. If you want to enter there, you better run to the end and do my works. Go on. 
And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end. Keep the works of Christ unto what? The end. If not, go on, yes. To him will I give power That's over the That's the one nation. who shall be saved. Because he also wonders that any branch in me. Now, my goodness, I, I don't know how we read this thing, the scripture. When Christ says any branch, any branch in me, who is the branch in him? Those who are believers, right? Those who say they have already been saved. Give me John 15, please. 1 to 2. John 15, 1 to 2. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Mm -hmm. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So where does one self always self come in? If I'm a branch in Christ, and I don't bear good fruit, and I'm cut down. I just want to make sure we understand that. If I'm a branch in him, that means I've made it, I mean, him. And then, you think myself as a branch, that I'm higher than the Lucifer and his group that we are driven down? Isn't that a warning that even Paul, read of first Corinthians. I will say we're going to go to the, we'll, we'll, we'll stop very soon. <laughs> first Corinthians 10, please, 1 to 12. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 to 12. Yes. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and mm -hmm. did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. That rock was Christ, yes. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things were are examples to the intent which should not lust after evil things, yes. as they also lusted. Neither be idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, mm -hmm. and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let what us. What about the, let's say, you know they, what they tell, they tell us these days? That there's nothing like fornication. Oh, you can live together with your boyfriend or girlfriend. No problem in America. No, fornic no fornication, nothing that. You know one thing? Or you can live and same sex marriage, you can do whatever you want to do. God will punish. As long as God has said it, anybody who does it will never enter into the kingdom of God. Are you following what I'm talking about? Give me 1 Corinthians please, 6, 9, and 10. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. None shall inherit. Let me ask you this before we, we move on very quickly. You remember in Matthew 25, starting from maybe 24 to 30, something happened to an unprofitable servant. Do we, do we know what happened to him? Huh? Did he not lose everything he had? Was actually that individual not a servant of Christ? He was already a believer in. 
but he lost it and was cast away. And they still said, no, we already made it. We have not already made it. The only way to make it is to come, what? In obedience to the end. If not, we will not get there and will not be cast away. Now let's stop. That's, we say, can you lose salvation? It is taking us time. And that argument is grace. And maybe in about five minutes we deal with grace. Grace, they said, it's all about grace. How many of us are still claiming that it's all about grace? Huh? Nobody? Are you sure? We're not going to get any small thing. Oh, it's all about grace. Because we already made it there. God has already done it. Grace. Without grace, nobody can be saved. Are you following me? But do you understand what God is talking about? Without God calling you and drawing you and having mercy on you, you can never know anywhere. But grace is only one thing. It's an unmerited favor given to you. For what? For salvation. It is something an eye-opener. Grace takes away the scales of your head. Let me tell you the awesome nature of God. And you can see where grace falls in. The awesome nature of God. For, because God so loved the world, right? John 3, 16, right? And because of what? Why were yet sinners? Romans 5, 8. God sent his only begotten son. That's grace. We didn't do anything. Grace is the initiator. Grace is not the completeness of anything. Because why? Grace must be established and also maintained. Are you, are you with me here? Read me Titus. I don't think anybody ever, ever quotes Titus. <laughs> that, sorry, sorry, I didn't say that. I'm sorry about that. Read me Titus 2, please. <laughs> 11 to 14. Titus 2, 11 to 14. Yes. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Yes. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. Let's stop right there. What did the grace teach us? Denying what? Ungodliness and worldly loss. That's grace telling you, opening your eyes and showing you the highway. This is the highway. That's what Christ came. I will show you the highway to follow. If you want to follow it, you follow it. So grace, remember we talked about grace being what? The beginning. God is the beginning and the end. But in between is our own choice. You will either walk the way, that track or we don't walk it. Can you finish reading that please? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly loss, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace, don't worry, let's leave it. Grace opens our eyes to see this is the way and for us to follow. That's why he said we are saved by grace. But we are saved by grace unto good works. Without those good works, there's only one way to maintain grace. You must maintain grace by a pattern of good works. Otherwise, grace is of no use to anybody. Because if you are given the grace and there is no transformation or what? Regeneration is of no use. Read me the same Titus 1.16, please. Titus 1.16. Yes. They profess that they know God, mm -hmm. but in their works, they deny him. In their works, they deny him, yes. Being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work, reprobate. Unto every good works. That's why Ephesians, 
Let's go to Ephesians 2, please, 8 to 10. Please, let's pay attention. We'll finish in that one. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. Yes. For by grace are you saved through faith, mm -hmm. and that not of yourselves. That is true, yes. It is the gift of God, mm -hmm. not of works, lest any man should boast. Yes. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Unto good works. So you see God with his abundance of love. Love begets mercy. And mercy grace. But what is grace? Grace is given to us for repentance. Grace is the goodness of God. Without true repentance, grace will wasted it. We insulted grace. Read me Romans 2, 4, please. That is goodness of God. That's grace. Romans 2, 4. Yes. Or despiseth thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering? Yes. Not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance? Grace of God leads you to repentance. If it doesn't. But repentance is no repentance unless you repent and not repent anymore. And I'll go, I'm going to tell you where it's going to lead you right now. We close. Repentance is no repentance. Except the Mekos Rumba stopped doing that which he repented of before. Otherwise, it's no repentance. Are we all together? Yes. Read me 2 Corinthians 7.10, please. 2 Corinthians 7.10. Yes. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. Not to be repented. You don't repent. Oh, Lord, you know what? I committed uh, uh, fornication today. Uh, forgive me. And the Lord said, well, you, you evil child. In your heart, I know you are not sorry. Because the next day I turn around, I'm doing the same thing. What God is saying, get away from that which you do wrong. When you do that, then what have you done? Let's go back to the duty. What have you done? Give me Proverbs 8, 13, please. When you depart from evil, right? Is that what he told the adulterous woman? You know one thing, woman? You were caught in adultery. But what you are doing before, you are doing it out of what? Ignorance. But now that you know the truth, woman, go and do what? Because if you sin, you cannot avail yourself of the same claim anymore. You cannot do that anymore. Which means that you are doing it intentionally, knowingly, and willingly. That's what grace helps you to stop doing. But once you do that, when you stop sinning, and then that's where fear. Read me that Proverbs 8.13, please. Proverbs 8.13. Yes. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Yes. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way. But fear must have understanding. I fear the Lord. Oh, I fear the Lord. It's of no use to God if you don't obey him. The fear of the Lord is to stop evil and start obeying him from there. Are you following me? That's why, read me Job 28.28, please. Job 28, 28. Yes. And unto man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. That's with wisdom. But if wisdom stops right there, remember he said, with all you're getting, get what? Understanding. Understanding. Otherwise you wasted all your time and say, I fear God. Because I go to church, I fear God. What do you fear God about? When you don't depart from evil. When actually you say you love me. Or I'm your boss, you fear me. But whatever I tell you to do, you don't do it. You don't fear me. No. Or whenever you see me, I service, you begin to pretend, ah, everything. I mean, they do that a lot. I don't want to tell you why they do it a lot. 
and then when you're gone, you go, to, you start something, you start some wonderful business somewhere. That, again, I don't, I don't want to say. And then you, when they, whenever you are there, presence, oh, everybody is ah, worshiping you. They know that in a week or two, you live in America, you are going to leave. And you leave. Do they fear you? They don't fear you. So go on, please. And to depart from evil is understanding. When you actually depart from that evil that you do, that's understanding. And that's what leads you. Understanding and fear of God leads you then to obedience. You begin to obey God from then on all the time. Obedience then leads you to what? Righteousness. And that's transformation. Are, we, are, you, are, you, are you good with me here? So that's what grace does for all of us. And next week, if we're going to come here, I think we're supposed to come here. No. Who's saying no? <laughs> then we conclude, and that's the end of the, for the year, for total transformation. Let me tell you one thing. Go and be bold and defend the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if there is any word that proceeded out of my mouth that's contrary to the word of God, then don't even have anything to do with me. You don't have to listen to anybody. That's why 1 John 4, 4 tells us what? It's a question every spirit. Anyone talking to you, even your pastor or whatever, question what the person is telling you. If it's inconsistent with the word of God, don't listen to that. that because your pastor will not save you. The Mekos Zumba will not save you. No denomination will save you. No church will save you. But doing the will of God. That's why he said in Matthew 7, 21, not those who say, Lord, Lord. They're not the ones who are going to enter into this kingdom, but only those, what? Who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. So may the Lord Almighty, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, who have taken us this far. Father, please, again, I pray, grant your children understanding. Open the hearts of our understanding, Lord, that we may see your way and to do it. Lord, show us your way that we may know you. We just want to know you, Lord, in everyone, Lord, those who love your truth. Father, teach them yourself and begin to minister unto them. We give you glory. We thank you. We bless you, Lord, for your children and say, Lord, visit them. Have mercy upon us and bless all of them. That your name alone will be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.